Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program. Today is the day we are going to answer the age-old question, what is the deal with my teenager? That today, my friends, will be solved. Wait a minute. You will never... Are the angels in the background singing again? No angels, but they could be. Let's listen. Yes, I hear them. Hmm. Have you ever just looked at your child as he's drinking, he's slurping his drink that he spilled off of the counter? Oh, yeah. I've, and done, you thought, I've done that. Are have you, you done that? Me? I've done that. Have you done it today? No, not today. <laughs> okay. It's been years since I've done it, but I Because I, I walked into the break room and I saw your head down on the table. Is that, <laughs> that what was you were a nap. Doing? That was a nap. Oh, you were taking a nap. Yeah. Uh, maybe this is going to be more beneficial for you than we thought, Sean. We're going to figure out a lot about your brain today, Sean. <laughs> but here's the funny thing. Uh, kids, they have different brains. Teens do. Some question, do they even have a brain? <laughs> but they do. Hmm. We have a, a great resource today that is going to teach us teens have brains. Their brains are just different, and they're going through a lot of transition. That's why they can't match their clothes. If they're a boy, apparently. Mm-hmm. My sons can't match clothes. No sense of fashion whatsoever. No sense of fashion. Uh, that's why they uh, showering, they think, is optional. Yes. Yes. Do girls have that problem? Yes. So, yeah, I have five boys, four boys at home now. I you have, have four girls. Four girls. My boys don't like to shower. Constantly, my wife says, uh, you need to go take a shower tonight. Mom! I showered yesterday. Yeah. So today we're going to answer the question. Actually, we aren't going to answer the question, but Dr. Daniel Siegel is going to be joining us. He's the author of the book Brainstorm, The Power and Purpose of the Teenage Brain. He'll be able to answer your question. So if you have a question about your child and if they really are using a brain, if they have a brain, if they are functioning appropriately, give us a call. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. That is 1-855-242-8298 or tweet us. At BYU Radio. Sure. Tons of questions. Now, let's get straight to the headlines. Headliners from the Matt Townsend Show. A summary of stories that you might have missed. Dateline Denver. Dateline Denver. So, not too far from here. Home of the Nuggets. Yes. Very good. Speaking of Nuggets, I went to Chick-fil-A Chick- today. Oh. Try the grilled Nuggets. We're getting off track, That's a we? pitch. I just okay. pitched Chick-fil-A. Did you get nuggets. free Nuggets. Uh, they weren't free. I have oh, breakfast I sandwiches that are them. free. Oh, mm, real nuggets. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Dateline Denver. Denver. Three teenage girls from Arapahoe County told their parents that they were going to go to school Friday morning, but hours from that, they were in a flight on a flight mm. overseas, potentially seeking to join the Islamic State militants. What? Yeah. You know there's something up when the kid says, just going to school. Mm-hmm. Just, uh... Have they not seen the news? Have they not seen I what I, I the militants know. are doing to 
Well, we had women. Two, two of these girls, there were three of them. Two of them were sisters of Somali descent and the other okay. was of Sudanese descent. Okay. They were stopped at an airport in Frankfurt, Germany. They got all the way to Frankfurt, Germany, by the way. Hmm. Uh, one of their families reported that $2,000 was missing after the girls fled with their passports. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah. You know, evidence gathered so far made it clear that the girls were headed to Syria. They were going. Yeah. They were, they were going to do it. They were joining ISIL or ICE. Who knows what ISIS. the name is? That's ISIL. ISIL. Okay, you know what? So that's a know. perfect example of th- they don't know. Now, I mean, that sounds presumptuous, but... You got to think they were a little jaded. Well, when they get over there and they actually see what's going on, eh, they're probably going to have buyer's remorse. Well, the girls are home now. They are back in Denver and they are in good condition. The families picked them up from the Denver International Airport Hmm. on Monday. You know, I've been to Denver. It's a great place. I've never been to Syria. I've been to Denver. No. I've been to the Middle East, though, and I would rather be in Denver. Supposedly, the girls were able to somehow purchase a plane ticket. That's interesting. Yeah, me. I, I find that interesting too. I don't know how you. But these kids had a lot. They were very motivated. Like my kid can't even get his car washed. I, I, so I, well, that, that, that is one worried. thing I will give these kids. They yeah. were motivated. Oh, they were up. They were doing. They it. had. They had something going that they. They even probably really got up early. There. My kids couldn't get up mm-hmm. early enough to catch a flight. But, you know, the worries really hit the parents when they realized that the passports were gone, first of all. That's, yeah. I mean, that's that's some serious stuff there if you're taking passports. And... Mm. Well, this is perfect topic for today. Yeah. The emerging, by the way, mind of an adolescent. Guess what the ages of an adolescent is? 12 to 24. Yep. Thank you. You must have read the title that you wrote. I wrote the thing, so. 12 to 24, which means your teenage child's brain really isn't fully mature till they're 24. Exactly. Uh, By the way, James, how old are you? I'm 24. Bing, 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 Which means we forgot to celebrate. Oh. He's no longer has an adolescent Are we having a maturation celebration? Woohoo. Let's have a maturation day. Okay. Well, let's deem... The 23rd, tomorrow, October 23rd. That's actually my daughter's 16th birthday. Is the James, what's your middle initial? R. James R. Birdsall, maturation day, (laughs) the day of your coming out fully mature. Wow. At at least your brain. Yeah. Let's call it the emergent day. Because that's the book we're talking about today is Brainstorm, The Power and Purpose of the Teenage Brain, an inside out guide to the emerging adolescent mind. So yours, the James R. Burt's All Emergent Day? Yours has, yours has done emerged. <laughs> this is exciting. Wow. I, we always are looking for something to celebrate. Yeah. Do you get, get to crack open the skull and have it emerge? No, no. Don't oh. touch the skull. Okay. Don't touch the skull. But yeah. we, we'll celebrate. We'll have knives. We'll give knives away. Oh. This sounds great. <laughs> this is a great day for the show, my friends. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for the emerging day, <laughs> the maturity day of James R. Burt's All. My brain has finally matured. And at by the way, last. make sure you have your uh, have Malele uh, Molly Molly. <laughs> make sure you have Molly listen in on that one. Maybe okay. this could be the day that we introduce Molly to the world. It could possibly be. What is tomorrow's topic, Sean? Other Tomorrow. than the emerging oh, day. Oh, sure. Make me. It's on the end of your sheet there. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, well, let me do it because I've got nothing. It's else actually there. positive thinking. Positive thinking. Beautiful. Perfect. Wow. Tomorrow. We're going to, have to talk about positive thinking. Make sure you tune in. Set your DVRs. Because uh, <laughs> it works that way. Set your Sirius XM receivers. Uh-huh. 
Uh, also, uh, tomorrow will be the day of emergence. Wow, for James's brain. Jaime Arbertsall, <laughs> adult. That sounds pretty epic, though. The day of emergence. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is huge because yeah. it's belated because we are ce- we're celebrating it late. Yeah, but there's... well, it doesn't say. It just says twenty four. It doesn't say within that year of twenty four when. That's true. I if uh, to me it feels like it just happened. <laughs> So it doesn't matter when it happened in his 24th year. To me, as the doctor. Well, it's actually his 25th year, but that's okay. Yeah, but but in this year, it happened. Okay. And I, I felt like it was today, almost the end of yesterday, he started emerging. Oh. So Yeah, you could feel it, huh? Yeah. yeah. This is good. Okay. This will be exciting. Um, wow, time flies. <laughs> it does. We have other headlines. <laughs> we did. Do you want to just run through one more real quick? Well, basically, it's uh, your teenagers need sleep. Now, tell me about it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but there was a poll in 2006 by the National Sleep Foundation that found that less than 20 percent reported getting enough sleep, which, according to uh, American experts, teenagers are um, – oh, I'm sorry. Where are the hours? Now I can't even find them. Darn it. I had it here. They're undersleeping. They are undersleeping, but they need um, – they said how much they need. Now I can't even find I'm gonna them. I'm going to go sorry. 10 hours. It's actually uh, eight to nine and a half, I mm. believe. So – but uh, a study in Fairfax, Virginia, found that only 6% of children in the 10th grade and only 3% in the 12th grade were getting the recommended amount of sleep. Yeah. And two in three teens were found to be severely sleep-deprived. Yeah, eight to nine and a half hours of sleep each night. That's what they need. Come on, parents. But you know what? The why the are average, they, I know, but then why are they putting their school so early? That's, that's one of the things. In 2008, in Virginia, they studied uh, classes that began from 7.20 to 7.25 a.m. Mm-hmm. And the crash rate for drivers 16 to 18 year old, years old was 41% higher mm. than in an adjacent county where school started from at 8.40 to 8.45. So it's not only bad for the child and their brain, it's bad for the drivers and the community. Exactly. And another study also found that if uh, if we... Moved school start times back a half an hour. Yeah, kids actually get an hour, an extra hour of sleep from that. Are you so, yeah, because they yeah they can get. Mm-hmm. They really only take us about eight minutes to get ready. That depends. Oh, on you're, the yeah, child. you have girls. Yeah. My kids just mm-hmm. they just rub water on themselves. Yeah, and dry off. <laughs> uh, okay, kids need their sleep. Parents need a life. And the two could be. Could, I think there's, could be mutually I think beneficial. Yeah, totally. And again, tomorrow we'll be celebrating the uh, maturation day of um, James R. Birdsall. He's matured. He's now of the age of 24. And we felt uh, a shift in the tectonic plates yesterday. We'll have to get a brainwave machine and make sure. Let's not go there. Okay. We don't want to humiliate him. Um, <laughs> let all the information out. We've got a great show for you, folks. Today, we're talking about your teenager and their brain. Uh, Today's a great show. Dr. Daniel J. Siegel will be joining us in just a minute, talking about his new book, Brainstorm, The Power and Purpose of the Teenage Brain. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to take a break. Be right back. Work in the brain right here on BYU Radio. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about your teenager's brain. I can see clearly now. 
I don't know how that song and that topic go together, but somehow it all works. Today we're going to show you how to see clearly and how to see, actually probably more clearly, the power that's going on inside of your little teenager's brain. It's churning like a nuclear nuclear power plant. That sounds totally wrong. It's just churning. Tons of power, tons of purpose, and yet we seem to sometimes get so little out of them. Our expert is on the phone here to teach us about the teenager brain and uh, and really even I'd like to we're going to get into the the age span of this brain ages 12 to 24. Our guest is Dr. Daniel J. Siegel uh, and Daniel received his medical degree from Harvard University, completed his postgraduate medical education at UCLA with a training in pediatrics and child, adolescent and adult psychiatry. He currently is a clinical professor of psychiatry at the UCLA School of Medicine and is on faculty of the Center for Culture, Brain and Development. Um, he's he's he really is a world class leader in the field of um of, of the brain and psychiatry of the brain. So here's what we want to talk to him about. Dr. Siegel, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks, Matt. Great to be here. Great to have you. And this book, uh, Brainstorm, is the book we're talking about. You've produced quite a handful of books, and some of them are they are really the manual on a lot of our understanding around the brain. Um, just talk to us a little bit about, you know, how come you got into this field? How did you choose, of all things, to study the teenager brain? Well, I have two adolescents uh, uh, in my family, and uh, as they were ending their teenage years, I felt like I had emotional whiplash, you know. (laughs) I was wondering, what just happened? Yeah. So my wife and I would talk about it with friends and really try to uh, figure out what had just gone on in our lives, and (laughs) so I started looking at the science of adolescents, and I was kind of shocked to find that what science is now telling us, it's a new story about what the adolescent period is all about, yeah. was very different from what we were told from our pediatricians, our uh, friends, our teachers, or even the media. The message out there is actually not the same as the message of what we now believe from science. So really? diving, yeah, there's a bunch of myths that we can talk about and when you undo the myths and see what the truths are, it actually empowers you as a parent. You bet. To see more clearly, like the song was saying. Why do we, I mean, it seems like we just automatically just throw it. We, we always think it's just hormones, I guess, that eh, they're just going through those changes. And But why would we not be more educated on it? Is there a reason why we still would live up to all the myths instead of getting more information out there? Well, you know, when there's a story that's out there like raging hormones, not just in the United States, but I've been teaching all around the world, and you say, okay, what's the story of adolescence? And whatever the language, people go, raging hormones. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and hormones rise, but, you know, the idea that there's a hormone, which is a molecule running around your bloodstream, that's having anger management problems, Mm -hmm. so it's in a rage all the time, (laughs) this is wrong. Yeah, right. And not only is it wrong, there's nothing you can do about it whether you're the adolescent or you're the adult trying to support them. That's uh, so the, let's let's start blowing up some of these myths. What 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 are some of the myths and and what do we need to know as as a parent? Well, the first one is the raging hormone story. Okay. Instead of raging hormones, it's actually a remodeling brain. And we can get into the details, but it's basically the brain is restructuring itself as you go from childhood dependency to adult responsibility 
you're going to have to remodel that brain in certain ways. The second thing is people say, oh, adolescence is just a period of immaturity and one you should just get through really fast. Right. Hurry through it. Turns out that's not true either. It's not a period of immaturity. It's a period of necessary change. And as a colleague of mine, Larry uh, Steinberg, just showed in a New York Times piece, the longer you can prolong adolescence, the probably better it is for your adulthood. So that's a totally different attitude. Yeah. And we'll talk about why that would be the case. Um, But the new research is really giving us a different way of thinking about this idea. It's not a period of immaturity. It's not something you just get through. A third myth is, well, you know, adolescence is a period where either they're taking these risks because they just don't think straight or they have so much impulse control problems Mm -hmm. or maybe they think nothing bad is going to happen to them. Well, it turns out each of those is pretty much wrong. Impulsivity, it's a problem in the beginning of the teenage years, but the actual risk, which is there, stays beyond impulsivity. And so what's going on? Is it that they're not informed? No, actually, adolescents are informed. Do they think nothing bad can happen to them? When you study that experience where people feel, hey, I'm immune to anything bad happening to me, it's equal in adults as adolescents. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So, yeah, we think they're just impetuous and they're just going to they're out of control and they're not thinking. But really, you're blowing up every myth. They're they're fairly well in tune. They're probably a lot more controlled in their thinking than we might think. Exactly. They're not out of control. They're just in reroute. They're rerouting their brain. They're re- remodeling their brain. So they're rerouting all sorts of circuits. Now, the thing about this danger thing, let's just say it as it is, the adolescent body is stronger in terms of if you get an infection or an injury than at any other time. It's a great time of life to be medically doing well. But here's the thing. Adolescents as a whole overall group are three times more likely to have a serious injury or even die from preventable causes because of their risk-taking behavior. So okay. if you're an adult listening to this, you know, you got to realize your intuition, wow, this is a risky time, is true. And when I speak to adolescents directly, and the Brainstorm book is written for them as well as for adults to read, you know, I say to them, look, this is just real. So what is the risk about? When you look at the brain, and we could get into as much detail, Matt, as you want, but basically there there are two areas of the brain that change by necessity. One is called a reward circuit, and as this reward circuit changes, it changes in ways that drives an adolescent to try new things, and the reason for that is to get out of the nest and get out into the world. Yeah. But part of something new, which gets this chemical called dopamine to be released, which is lower in its baseline and higher in its release level, this reward system that's driven by dopamine, basically all that means is that these dopamine changes in the reward system are driving this novelty seeking. Okay. And there's nothing like risky behavior. To pump to that new. up. Yeah. Yeah. So they really are, they're just chasing the drug. They're chasing the dopamine. They're chasing the dopamine. And the other thing that happens is something called hyper-rational thinking, where the higher part of the brain, the cortex, is working with the middle part of the brain, this limbic area, and it's evaluating things in different ways. So adolescents know that there's danger, but they just don't care. Hmm. So informing them more doesn't actually help. There's a pathway I talk about in the book called an internal compass, where you would give them a feeling, literally in their gut and their heart, where they would say, you know something, my friends are expecting me to do this, 
or this could be really cool and exciting and I'd show how, how great I am. But you know something? This just doesn't feel right. Interesting. And not to drive 100 miles an hour. So there's ways around each of these debunking the myths and seeing the truth. So even when you see it's hyper-rational thinking and this reward system change, you can do something about it. That's the great news about debunking these myths. Instead of just feeling disempowered, yeah. either as an adult or an adolescent, now we have specific things you can do with the new truths that are unveiled. Because otherwise we look at our kids, you know, like they're a tornado. Totally. It <laughs> just drops in and it'll pass. Tell me about it. I mean, that's another thing, too, and that's a, a third thing, or maybe a fourth myth. You know, people say, and this really gets me upset when people say, oh, adolescents are crazy, you know? Yeah, they're crazy. Statement. They're not crazy. I mean, certainly insanity is something that can happen because psychiatric disorders can emerge in sure. a very, very few, a very low percentage of adolescents. But the, the emotionality is true. Adolescents have remodeling of their brain in such a way that their emotions are more intense. And when they get intense, if we fight them with it, like let's say your adolescent, a 14-year-old, she's cranky when she comes home. And you go, listen, young lady, don't talk to me about right. that. And then you engage her in her, under, well, for, for us to understand she's emotional. If you fight her for the feelings she has and don't let her have whatever feelings are there and then come back in about 90 seconds when that emotion is risen and drifted off like a wave on the beach. Yeah. If you fight her with it, it'll get more intense. So what's been amazing about the Brainstorm book is because adolescents are reading it and adults are reading it, it's written for both, they're getting a new understanding of what's Beautiful. happening in the brain. Yeah. And then once you understand the brain, unlike the story of raging hormones or just impulsivity, right. this new story helps us say, how do you empower yourself as a parent to support your adolescent in the most effective way. And if you're an adolescent hearing this or reading the book, what can you actually do? Because here's the bottom line that's amazing. Yeah. You can use your mind to strengthen your brain. There you go. And, and, that's and the answer. So you can actually, and we'll talk about this after the break, Dr. Dan. Uh, we can, this is a map. The book Brainstorm, then, is really a map for us as parents and our children to start to understand, blow up some of these myths, but then engage your mind to actually, I guess, get better control of our mind. And I'm going to bet in the end, grow a healthier brain uh, and even a healthier relationship as we're working with our children. Wonderful stuff. More with Dr. Dan Siegel when we come back. Again, go to his website, drdansiegel.com. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking about your brain today and your teenager's brain right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. So you've had a bad day. Hey, maybe you're a teenager. But it's because your brain is in a storm. And we've got the author that's going to help us understand our teenagers. Our, the adolescence is the term we're using. Uh, and we're going to ask him if, if we've got this right. His name is uh, Dr. Dan Siegel. He's the author of the book Brainstorm, The Power and Purpose of the Teenage Brain, an inside-out guide to the emerging adolescent mind, ages 12 to 24. Again, go to his website, Dr. Dr. Dan Siegel, S-I-E-G-E-L. 
Uh, you can get all the information about him, blogs, everything he's got there. But uh, Dr. Dan, help us. So we're calling you, you keep, I always use the word teenager, but you keep using the word adolescent. Yes. What's the difference? Well, Matt, you know, it's a great question because we used to think that the teenage years and the adolescent period were the same, but it turns out that this adolescent period of brain remodeling yeah. happens often before the teenage years begin. Okay. And it continues deep into the 20s, so the mid-20s. So, you know, I just say 24, but it could be 25, 26. So it's basically the second dozen years of life. It doesn't end when your teenage years end. Okay, because it almost seems like we're we're expecting some problems between, like, I guess, you know, 12 to 18. But th- I, it doesn't end at 18. This brain's still under remodel. That's right. Till 24, 25, 26. That's exactly right. The remodeling includes cutting down some of the existing connections and the ba- basic parts of the brain. These, these neurons are connected to each other with what are called synapses. Mm-hmm. So the pruning is just like you have a garden, and in the garden when the tree grows, to keep the rose bushes below it growing, you've got to prune away some yeah. of the leaves, the branches, and even the limbs, and that's a natural part of keeping your garden healthy. Well, pruning, it turns out, was an unpredicted part of it, the adolescent change, but unlike a child who's mostly just growing new connections, new connections, new connections, the first thrust of remodeling when adolescence begins is start pruning away the, all those connections you set up in the first dozen years of life. But those are the ones that made them made the child independent or de- dependent, highly in need of an adult, always looking, I guess, to others. Is, is that what was going on? And now well, we're trying to prune those away? No, no, no. Well, that, that's what's going on for sure in childhood. You're absolutely right the way you say it. But it isn't that you're pruning all that independence away. It's okay. more like this. It's more like you're in the first years of life, the first two, three years of life, you're definitely de- using your dependency on adults to develop what's called self-regulation, controlling your attention, your emotions, your behavior. Then you sort of develop those more, three, four, five, six. Then when you get to school, you know, to primary school, elementary school, you're basically soaking in knowledge and skills and developing that through new connections mm-hmm. and laying down something called myelin, which allows the neurons that are connected to be really strong with each other. And that's all great. And if you think about childhood as being a generalist, where basically people expect you to learn your math, learn your science, learn your English, learn your history, learn your exercise, learn your way of interacting with kids and sharing toys. You know, you do everything. Yeah. That's great. So the brain's got to just soak in everything like a sponge. And that's beautiful. But then in adolescence, you're going to develop specialization. You're going to start preferring one thing over the other. So by the time you're done with adolescence in your mid-20s, you kind of find what's going to be your particular Hmm. area in life. You're not a generalist anymore. No one expects you to be interested in everything or good at everything. Yeah, and excited about everything. (laughs) Yeah. No, you you say, no, I like music, not dance. I really love doing mathematical things. No, I love being with people. Everyone's got their own thing, and that's great. But a younger kid, you want them to be a generalist. Sure. So the rule for adolescent pruning is use it or lose it. Hmm. You're going to keep those circuits you activate. So my daughter, you know, loved art, and she's a great artist. She did it all through adolescence. She's now still an adolescent, but she's in her 20s. My son, who's in his mid-20s now, he did music. And my gosh, you should see the circuits he's maintained yeah. with his musical ability. But he didn't play soccer. 
you know, and our daughter played volleyball, and she's an amazing volleyball player, but our son didn't. Right. He put them on the, the court. They're like different people. So it's a use it or lose it principle, and you're not only pruning, that's making the brain have differentiation. That is, specific circuits that are activated get more specialized and grow better and more sophisticated. Then what you do is you lay down this thing called myelin. And myelin is a healthy sheath. It's a, it's a sheath that connects interconnected neurons, and it basically makes them work together as a team three thousand times more effectively so these become like this is what seems to make it more permanent then exactly that's exactly right so we're, we're really like we're we, we've tested it out we see which pathways we're more likely to use and stick to and then you're saying the myelin gets laid down it gets laid down and wow. you know when you watch the olympics yeah and you see some olympic athlete and they the ones who do well have all done it throughout adolescence yeah you say my god i couldn't do that right you're right, because you didn't lay down myelin. Practice lays down myelin. So when I teach in a middle school or high school, and I teach this directly to the kids because the book is for them as much as it is for adults, I say, hey, here's the deal. You can shape the way your brain is being remodeled. It's going to be pruning itself down. And if you only want the part of your brain that controls your right hand when you play video games 10 hours a day, to be the only part of your brain that's developed, <laughs> I say go for it. Yeah. Go for it, man. You know, have at it. Go for but it. But if, if you, in fact, want to take responsibility for your brain that you will be living with yeah. for many years to come, it's not an adult who's going to tell you what to do. But I'm telling you, you have a choice. You can be involved with school activities. You can meet your friends face-to-face and keep those circuits of relationships really well honed. You can actually do a musical instrument, learn a foreign language, do a sport, be engaged in drama, do all these things that get you away from those computer screens and get you in life. Mm. I said, and that's up to you. Yeah. I said, but hey, you want to sit in front of the screen? Go for it. See, we... Go, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. Isn't it <laughs> I'm interesting? Pruning. I'm pruning. That's, I'm pruning, <laughs> Dad. But it's funny because we, it seems like we just chalk it up to, yeah, they're crazy. And yeah. the brain's confusing, and they're born with talents, and they're going to be what they're going to be. But those are all myths, too. You're saying, no, you've got to – if we want to grow the brain a different way, we've got to be using the circuit. So if they feel awkward socially and they always avoid social settings, eventually they're not going to grow the circuitry socially, but, right. and the myelin won't be laid down, so there won't be some permanent strength socially. Right. I mean, you know, eventually, and I talk about this in a book called Mindsight, you can take an adult who didn't have that opportunity in adolescence or childhood, and you can try to grow some of those circuits. So it's yeah. not that it's over. It's not permanent. But it's a lot harder. Yeah. So, hey, if, you know, if you're pruning away stuff, like if you like music or dance or you like a foreign language, do it during adolescence. It's a lot harder. That's interesting. You know, do it later. And this is why. I think and it's so, powerful. Yeah, it's very powerful. You know what's so exciting about this book? It basically summarizes all the science, translates it for the adolescent or the adult caring for the adolescent, the parent or the teacher, and says, hey, since this isn't a story of raging hormones or just crazy adolescents who are lazy and you know, immature, those are all wrong, and those are disempowering. Yeah. Here's the truth that, guess what, has action you can do. You, can, you are now empowered because you can focus yeah. your attention in ways, you can do activities in ways to develop your brain. It's so exciting. It gives them something to do. And without, otherwise, we just sit here, and I guess that's determinism. You know, our brain made us what we are. 
Exactly. Well, you, I don't know if you had the, the book with you there, Matt, but yeah. you see this. No, I'm just looking of, at it. Okay, so uh, the online. white pages are basically the science and the stories to tell the adolescent and the adult reading it, saying, hey, here's the bottom line about what goes on during this period of development and what you can do. Then there's those gray pages that say, okay, here's the exercise. You want to strengthen your brain? Here are science-based exercises. You don't have to pay a penny yeah. more than just whatever it took to get the book or yep. get it out of the library. And you can now do these exercises. And when you do them, the science shows you're actually focusing attention. And here's the secret. Focusing attention streams energy and information through very specific circuits in your brain. And the, the bottom line is this. When you activate a circuit, you maintain it. That's the user loses principle. So uh-huh. you maintain it. And you're strengthening it. Excellent. And you're not only making these new connections, you can even get it to lay down myelin. Hmm. So you can actually determine which circuits get strong. That's, uh, to me, there's, okay, there's the hope right there. There's yeah. hope in our teenagers that, but, and two, finally for them to have a say in their life. Exactly. I mean, because otherwise they just they I mean, they, they can't necessarily control their acne always. They can't control who likes them. They can't control their odd body, you know, growth and development. But they can control what we do inside our brain. Totally. And that's the amazing thing. And I got to say, some of the most powerful emails I've ever gotten from readers are from teenage readers. Yeah. Who say, you know, something I thought I was losing my mind. And then I read your book and I realized I'm finding my mind. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, really, right there, because you've, you've written so many like incredible books on the brain, but to know that you've got a teenager that already believes that he's found the path um, and, and has some skills to prove it and, and even the myelin laying down, how powerful. You're changing yeah. the world. That's cool. Yeah. It's so rewarding. And, you know, by hearing this show, Matt, you're going to reach some adults who yeah. get good stuff for the adolescent. So this is what we have to do is get this information out there. And the amazing thing is once you get it, it you're empowered. Yeah. It's not like you have a little no. gadget you have to put in your well, pocket. Right. It's empowering from the inside out. Well, and this isn't like a diet where they have to keep buying something from you. I that's mean, right. it's just a, it's a protocol. It's a practice. And that's in the book. Well, let's do this, Dan. Let's take a break. And come back. I wanted. I want you to keep teaching us about. I mean, is there any end to this? And are there certain things we as parents should be doing? Uh, and get the book, sharing it with our children. Are there other things we should be doing to make sure we're we're facilitating this? More with Dr. Dan Siegel. Go to his website, drdansiegel.com. Check out this book, Brainstorm, folks. The hope, the hope of a teenager or adolescent's brain. Man, our entire world is resting inside of that cranium. Powerful stuff, my friends. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we are talking with Dr. Dan Siegel, about our adolescent's brain, ages 12-ish to 24, 5, 6-ish, their brain is under reconstruction. It's being redesigned and rewired and re 
to create a healthier uh, human being. And uh, Dr. Dan is joining us. Uh, again, Dr. Dan Siegel, go to his website, drdansiegele, drdansiegel.com. The book we're talking about is Brainstorm, The Power and Purpose of the Teenage Brain. Uh, Dr. Dan, seriously, I get so excited when I, because I, these are, I have six kids, right? And I, I see these problems every day. Wow. And I sit there and to, to know somebody that has researched it as deeply as you and the hope you're bringing that we can influence our kids to kind of be empowered in their brain growth is powerful. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a game changer for parents because what it does, first of all, for you is it helps you understand the essence of adolescence. Yeah. And then when you allow your adolescent to gain from your new insights, and even in this book's case, they can read it themselves exactly. and interpret it for their, for, for their own use, then that's fantastic. The, the second thing is, and you asked this before the break, well, what can you actually do? Uh-huh. And that's the amazing thing is it isn't just knowledge, no, that's interesting. Right. But it's actionable things, it's things you can make practices in your life, even if you're an adult. So in those gray pages where these, these mind-sight practices, what they're called, very simple exercises, anybody can do them. And when you do them, you're actually strengthening your brain. Oh, wow. It's funny because we sit here on the show a lot and we talk about all the potential threats to our families and our adolescents. But in reality, like the cell phone and all of these potential threats. And yet none of us are paying attention to the brain. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It is. And like, you know, we're so worried about all these external things, and yet our brain could just be vegging away. Right. Exactly. And this is the empowering part, because we were all told these myths. All That's of right. Us, you That's know, right. Around the world. Raging hormones, immaturity, <laughs> they're crazy. That's right. And listen, if you're an adolescent, and you've got six kids, so you know, the kids pick up these messages. You bet. And they act accordingly. Mm-hmm. So the great news about this is it's a total switch around. And, you know, uh, there's a group that's in New York going to meet. I'm going to gather all these educators together to think, how do we take these brainstorm ideas and this essence of adolescence and actually change the school system? Oh, for sure. So we can support adolescents yeah. instead of oppressing them. I mean, it's, I mean, seriously, like we were even talking earlier about just the fact that um, when they when they get more sleep, the accident rates around the schools, you know, go down. Exactly. So I'm well, like, but yet we keep throwing them in school, not even worrying about what it's doing to their brain. You know, I heard the end of the show, and I thought that was great. I mean, the sleep business yeah. is the most underrated issue. It's so important for just speaking about the brain. It's so important for the brain because it reduces stress. It improves the immune system. It gets your insulin to be working right, so it fights diabetes and uh, all the issues that come from being overweight. It allows you to have better memory. It allows your emotions to be more regulated and just a little bit more sleep. Yeah. I mean, that's sleep. Yeah. That's a no-brainer. <laughs> You're a total brainer. <laughs> that's a total brainer. Hey, exactly. talk to us, Dan, about um, some of these minds. You call them mind sites? Yeah, mind sight is a term when I was an adolescent in medical school. Uh, you know, I dropped out of school because the teachers, my teachers, didn't see that their patients had feelings or had thoughts or stories and meanings in their life. And right. so I didn't want to become a doctor like that. So I dropped out. But when I decided to come back to that same school, I made up this term mindsight to say to myself, you know, we see the physical part of the world, the physical sight, but we also can see the mind, you know, to yeah. someone's feelings or our own and respect them, you know. So I went back with that word, and that word has turned out to be very useful in my own studies 
because it turns out that people who develop mindsight, because you don't necessarily have to get it from your own family experiences, right. you can develop it, they do better in life. So what I thought was, why not teach the adolescent or adult reading the book mindsight skills? So from the very ground basis of what it is, it's defined. You go through these exercises to develop it. And then by the end of the book, the exercises are really, really fun because, in fact, there's a thing I did with David Rock where you have a whole thing, seven things you can do every day to keep your mind strong. One of them is get enough sleep. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the mindset is their ability to understand their own brain or is it my ability to understand and see into the, not the minds of others, but to... To, yeah. to relate to another person's brain. It's both. Well, that's why it's such a useful term, insight into yourself, yep. empathy for someone else, and then a term that people aren't used to called integration, which means I allow you, Matt, to be different from me, so we're differentiating, yeah. but then we link with respectful communication. It, what book is this in? This is in, actually, it's in the Brainstorm book, but it's in a book called Mindsight. It's in all my books. That's in Mindsight, yeah. Yeah. And what you'll see when you see that in terms of things people can do is there's an essence to adolescence, and I'll just summarize yeah. I'm kind of an acronym nut, but there are four things. If you had to remember one thing from this talk we're having, it would be this, this word essence. And number one, emotional spark. That's the E-S. Okay. Adolescents are more emotional. They just are than kids or adults. And when we give them space to have that emotion, they have a whole different way of relating their emotions. So instead of thinking... The emotion is a sign that they're crazy, yeah. there's something wrong with them. Let's give them space to let their brain do what it's doing. And as it's remodeling, for all sorts of reasons, it's just a more emotional brain. That's and great. that's fine. And when adolescents realize that themselves, they say, whoa, if I give space to my emotion and don't fight it, or if my parents aren't engaging me to stop feeling the way I'm feeling, I can just let this emotion arise and fall. And after 90 seconds, it pretty much brings me back to baseline. But oh, if I wow. fight it. Yeah. It can stay for days and months. But the emotion, good. It's let it be the it's the energy, right? That's right. It's the passion of life. Yeah. So that's, what, be, that's what we want, right? Yes. The next one is SE, social engagement. There's a long line of science behind this, but the bottom line take home message is adolescents are designed to socially engage with their peers. The reason is their very survival from long ago when we didn't have adolescent peers when we left the nest. We were lunch. Mm-hmm. Right. So literally, it's inside of us to think, ah, or to feel it. I got to I gotta yeah. have this shoe. I got to have this jacket. Well, you don't have to buy the jacket or the shoe. But we as parents need to understand this feeling of life and death about being a member of a group is understandable. But we have to understand there's also a risk. And I say this to adolescents, you can give up morality in order to gain membership. Sure. That's right. And that's called peer pressure. Yeah, exactly. So you can optimize this by allowing people to find the right kinds of friends, knowing friends are important. And as parents, what we want to do is not take it personally when our adolescents push away from us. Oh, so true. Or when they choose to be more introverted, I guess, than extroverted. Yeah. There's all sorts of ways Mm -hmm. that they can find their way. The the third part of essence is N, and that's novelty. And we talked about that already. The, The drive for something new is from the reward system of the brain. And if you teach people to develop this internal compass, then I believe very deeply there's a very high likelihood you're going to give them a pathway to reduce risk. Oh, I love that. You yeah. Know? And that's what these mindset skills are. They're an internal compass to guide you into proper behavior. Mm-hmm. And the fourth one is just CE, so it's emotional spark, social engagement, novelty. The CE is creative explorations. Now, what creative explorations are in every culture we've been able to study across the planet, 
what's happening is adolescents are pushing back on the status quo. They're pushing back on the adult world. Yeah. And you could say, what's that about? Is that rebellion? Is there something wrong with them? Actually, probably the way our species, humanity basically, has been so adaptive around this planet is because, listen, children soak in the world that they're learning about. Adults have worked hard to get to the special place they are yeah. contributing to the world they do, and we're tired. But the world is forever changing. And the part of humanity that's ready to take on things and try a new world and push things and try to create a new approach to things are adolescents. The major innovations in art, music, science, and technology is from adolescent minds primarily. No, they're the hippies. It's those darn hippies, Stan. Well, we can call them hippies, (laughs) and we can also call them the the teachers of the world. It's the millennials. We just throw throw all these negative labels on them, but it's just, it's normal to adolescents, right? It's totally normal to If we fight it, it's going to be a problem. If we harness the power of it, what a better world we'll have. And the final thing I just want to say is this. When you look at this essence, and you realize we can reframe our approach as adults, and we can actually support adolescents not only at home but also at school. That's a whole new way we can approach adolescents. But the, the other thing for every adult listening should realize, if you look at the research, the scientific research, on what we as adults need in our lives to keep our brains growing well and healthy and strong throughout the lifespan, yeah. guess what four they would be? Right there. Emotional spark. Yeah. Social engagement keeps networks of support yeah. alive. Novelty. Do new things with novelty and challenge your mind with creative exploration. Yeah. Those are your essence. The need, that is the key to all humans. All humans. So this is the amazing thing that blew my mind when I was writing this book and putting it together. I thought, oh my God, you found parents. It. This is actually for adults to read, yeah. regain the essence of their adolescence. This is what we mean when we said earlier. You know, hold on to your essence. Yeah. Don't just let it fizzle away. Keep the passion alive in your life. Keep your friends close. Do new things. Challenge yeah. your mind, and you'll have a strong brain throughout your lifespan. Oh, Dr. Dan Siegel, love it. Uh, so appreciate you being on the show. We are going to come find you again and do this again because uh, we've learned so much from you. Everybody, go to his website, drdansiegel.com. Check out the book, Brainstorm. Let's start uh, giving some hope to our kids that they can change their brain. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're taking a break. We'll be right back. BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the second hour of the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to take that CD out and go get one that's not scratched darndest thing today my friends we're talking about your teenagers and the teenage brain uh we just had on an awesome guest dr daniel j siegel the author of the book brainstorm and uh whoo i learned a ton i like to learn i just found out yesterday that's one of my strengths a love of learning I probably learned that as an adolescent. James, uh, by the way, we have a little addendum because James, we were going to, tomorrow, We just a little program note, we were going to be celebrating the maturation of our own James R. Birdsall. Little did we know that the uh, brain development continues maybe into 25 and 26. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion yours quit many, many years ago. Oh, 
I mean that in the best way possible. As in my brain development was complete. So I matured many years ago. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, that was it. Okay. And, um, Ooh, good. I, I think I just framed it as your brain quit developing. Oh. But yeah, yours sounded better. Yeah, yeah. So here's what I'm thinking. Uh, well, let's tomorrow, let's still throw the maturation party for your brain. The day of emergence? Yeah, the day of emergence. We're okay. Calling it D-O-E. Oh, let's call it D-O-A. <laughs> D-O-A um. just seems to sound better. <laughs> okay. Uh, a lot of you don't understand what we're talking about. So let me fill you in. We just had a guest that basically taught, taught us that our brain continues to mature, maybe even into the year 25th, 26th year of our lives. We had talked about earlier in the show that James's brain, he was 24. We, there was this amazing, ironic moment where we thought, whoa, we missed James's this is it. coming out maturation yeah. party. So we decided we wanted to throw a party. Part of that is because we uh, the only budget we have on the show is for parties. <laughs> the petty cash is just for parties. It's just for parties. And so um, I'm going to talk to Don and see if Don's okay if we throw a maturation for your brain party. It's going to be a big day. <sighs> it's going to be a huge day. I love it. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show. And what I wanted to do is take a little bit of time to do a little uh, – of, of my coach's corner, Matt's coach's corner. I think we're calling this right now. And um, here's the deal. We all have the kids. And what I just love about what Dr. Siegel just taught us is quit thinking your kids are crazy. Blow up that whole language. Don't even use the language, those crazy teens and their hormones. And the reality is they're under construction and their brains need to be reworked remodeled in order to handle a healthier, more independent and interdependent life than the one that they had up till, you know, the age of 12. So it's under construction. Sure, they are uh, a little more chemically wired, as we learned. Sure, also, they are um, maybe not always thinking of all of the potential issues. But there is hope, as he was teaching us, that we can influence our kids to see themselves better. I, I, in my practice, get to have a lot of moms and dads come in with their teenage kids. And let me just give you some advice. Um, the minute you start reflecting on your child that they are not quite adequate or that there's something wrong with them, the minute you start framing and questioning and, and reflecting that onto them, as we learned earlier, kids are very aware of what you're saying. And if, if so, can we just slow down and maybe agree that the best way to motivate a child and maybe to influence our child isn't necessarily thinking that they're crazy? It just doesn't work that way. Now, sure, they're being different than they were. They're not the cute little kid that would cuddle up on your lap anymore. Um, but they're a teenager and they're a teenager actually and they're a, they're a healthy human in flux, right? So we're trying to get them healthier. Let me give you just a little bit of advice of how I would suggest we create even more support for our kids. Are you ready? Number one, find 100 examples in your child of their strong character in action. 100? I know. That's a lot to dedicate to your Children. So, like a journal? Well, you keep them in or what? Let me make it even easier. Because I can't remember a hundred of them. No, so what you might want to do is keep a journal or put up on the wall the wall of amazement. Destiny. The wall of destiny. 
amazement where you are overwhelmed and excited about how great your child like my is. My refrigerator isn't big enough for Yeah. See, it's funny cuz as little kids they bring home their their little, you know, artwork, artwork that you're thinking, what am I going to do with that?" We don't do that with our kids. We put their report cards up maybe. But what we, else do we, we put? We we rotate it and the girl and the girls know that it's rotated. Well, what I know, so what do you put of your 15-year-old girl? She hasn't brought much home. I know. Yeah. So they don't get this feedback that the 8-year-old keeps getting about how great they are. Your your artwork's amazing, honey. I talked to her about her grades. So what I suggest is when you talk about their grades, talk about their incredible character that helped them get those great grades mm-hmm. and put it on the board. I was so amazed at how we went on a trip and yet even on the trip you dedicated yourself to do 10 minutes of reading a day and you did 10 minutes. That takes integrity, honey, and write integrity for reading. Even on our trip. Five bucks. Now, why? Yeah. <laughs> now, don't give them money. Oh, That's going to okay. create other problems. Why would that be valuable? A list of 100 things over time. So if you did one a day, we're talking 100 days from now. 100 days from now, your kid Man, that's will a commitment. Have Come on. 100 examples of what incredibly strong character looks like. It's something we could all do right now. Boom. Uh, and I think it'll probably improve the brain just as well. Again, I'm not a neuropsychiatrist, but... I play, I one, play on one on the radio. I'm kind of a big deal. I'm kind of a big deal. Uh, number two, read, get your children to find one life-changing book. Like Dr. Siegel's book is a book that I will now read. I'll read both of them that he talked about. And I love it. Now, that's me being quirky and weird. But I remember at age 21, still when my mind was in development, reading a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People written by Stephen Covey, that changed my life. And I guarantee my myelin was changed around those habits because I eventually worked for the company and I eventually got to work with Stephen and I eventually got to watch him in action writing books Hmm. because I read a book when I was 21 years old. So parents, one thing we might want to do is start sharing some of this learning. If you just sat here and listened to Dr. Siegel and you're not going and you have a teenager that's going through this crazy time of life and you're not going to go get the book brainstorm and read it with your kid then I can't help you you're on your own but the reality is kids need this information and a book so go find one with your child keep researching find out what they like find out what they're into and let's find one life-changing book do you remember that girl whose family um she was from Utah and the family was down in Texas and some Ex, the husband, the ex-husband went in and shot and killed the entire family. Yes. The mom, the dad, yes. and all mm-hmm. of the kids. And But this one girl survived. She was shot in the head. It grazed her head. Right. She, and she, she played, played dead. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, in, so amazing story. I wish I remembered her name. I don't have her name. But she came out and she talked about a quote that Dumbledore had. Yeah. That she remembered from mm-hmm. the book Harry Potter. That basically was talking about the fact that everyone goes through trials and she gets to decide how she's going to go through the trial. Well, it's like for me, I, I, Lord of the Rings. There you go. The me, Hobbit. Was, yeah. yeah. Well, that whole set of that books whole, I mean, was seriously. it for me. So go help your kids find one book. That's a great way to work on the brain. Another way – I mean Green Eggs and Ham is a great book, but yeah. I don't Maybe know that it's life-changing. You probably need a little more depth. Yeah. You know. But that also mean, it means as parents, we might want to read a book more once in a while. I do. I know. I read lots of books. Well, don't think I'm not saying that. I'm just, you just still read Green Eggs and Ham. Uh, the girl's name was Cassidy Stay. Oh, what a hero. And um, 
Another one. Break one frustrating habit. So he's yourself teach- or your teens no, together. Oh, okay. So you might even say maybe a family. Like habit. yesterday, I was told that I'm supposed to stop biting my nails. You were told that. I'm actually told that about every three months on the show. <laughs> and, From the same person? Yeah, no, it's a different guest. Every oh, time. okay. I don't know. I think they're conspiring. But what if we could just show our kids that they have the power to break a habit, which is what the great Dr. Siegel was teaching us. They also have the power to actually decide what they want their life to be like and their brain to be like in 20 years from now or five years from now. So maybe we ought to be having those conversations with our kids. Son, what do you want to be? What do you want to be? That's kind of forward, Matt. I don't Well. I'm, I'm older than you, so. I'm not talking to you. Oh. I was talking to James. Uh, what do you want to be when you grow up, son? What would that look like? What, how do you want to change the world? How do you want to contribute to the world? The more we can discuss what our child's potential is because the good we keep seeing, or if we can also discuss what their ideal future might look like, folks, that might be the motivation they need to start to go work on their brain. Kids can change what's going on in their brain. They can create the myelin that's going to create the long-term channels in their brain. We as parents could easily uh, facilitate that and and be a source, a, a guide. That's why I keep calling this the guy. I'm the guide on the side. Parents, we need to be the guide on the side of our children, walking them through this crazy thing we call life. That's why we do this show. We don't do it just to sit here and waste time. Even though a lot of times it feels like that, we have another purpose. Folks, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, speaking of wasting time, we're not going to do that when we come back. Meg Conley's in the house. Meg Conley. Uh, We call her lightning in a bottle. She's incredible. She's here to mix it up, my friends. Meg Conley from Meg in Progress. She's going to continue to talk to us about, you know, those crazy teenagers, how they don't get the credit they deserve, and how sometimes they create some bad moments. We all have them. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Little Taylor Swift, shake it off. A lot of times we feel that when uh, Meg walks in the room. Stop it. We listen to this song. Do you love Taylor Swift? Okay, I'm a Swifty. Pardon? I'm a Swifty. No, hold on. I'm coining that right this second. You are Shifty? Swifty. Her last name's Swift. Get it? So you are one who follows Swift. Yeah, I love her. And I want my girls to love her. Like a lot. Oh my gosh, she's so I've never seen so much passion out of you. She's (laughs) sweet. She's Swifty. We listen to this song every single day. This is how they start their mornings. Is it really? I'm not joking. You start your mornings with a shake, shake, shake song. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then we do a freeze dance to a song of their choice every night before bed. Wow. Yeah. You know, that's There's weird. a lot of dancing. We always just start with a prayer and we end with a prayer. Sure. Well, we all have different priorities, right? Whatever. <laughs> Apparently we know where you're coming from. The gospel of and country pop. where you're going. <laughs> Meg Conley, a Swifter. Swifty. Swifter, picker, Swifter quicker, is a upper. mop. I don't mop. 
Good point. <laughs> Let me write that down on your bio. You not, already knew that. Goes without saying. Not a mopper. Not a mopper. Hey, uh, some of you may not know, but uh, Meg has a website called Meg in Progress. Yeah, it's a great site. It's available Thursdays from 2 to 4. <laughs> There's so much traffic. That, by the way, is one of my we've favorite had to make, jokes. We've had, yeah, every time I've been on, like I think it's been four weeks Thursday, of that joke. Two to four. You're just jealous. I'm got, when I. You're put, so Sean's jealous. Sean's going to add this to the list. <laughs> uh, it's also every other alternating Saturdays. Sure. Five o'clock. Sure. You got, but just five o'clock. It's the minute great... it's five o one, shut it down. No, what is that? You can't afford. I don't want to flood the universe with so much amazingness. Mm. Like I just think it's like you should just have a piece of chocolate every night before you go to bed, and what? then like that's it. Well, and, you know and, what I mean. And Taylor Swift. Song. I'm I'm your piece of chocolate. <laughs> okay. Um, that was awkward. <laughs> and a snort. Which means Meg's in the house. <laughs> Meg is here. Meg, you and your deviated septum. I know. Two of my favorite things. I know. If you ever start paying me, I'll be able to fix it. Nah. Uh. <laughs> that would lose all the fun. <laughs> it's always fun to know not, know not know what you're going to say and to not know if you're going to snort. Sure, sure. How's Bam. Zuzu and Viola? So your good. flowers. They're doing great. Cute little girls. Yeah. In fact, I'm doing kind of some great parental experimentation. Are you doing this in homeschooling? Because you're homeschooling. Sure. Do you just bring that up so your listeners hate me? Uh (laughs) (laughs) Not that everyone, not all people that homeschool are. No, I read, and this actually, what a segue to our topic today. But um, I read this article in Time last week that said you shouldn't give your kids timeouts. You should stop giving timeouts. You give them a whooping. Uh, nope. Nope. Okay. That wasn't shockingly. That's not what it said. So it we said, don't give timeouts or weapons. It said that for sensitive kids, especially timeouts, um, when you do a scan of their brain, create the same kind of damage that abuse does. Because they have to sit there and stew. They're and think. so isolated. Yeah. And they have to. So what you say is you've done something wrong. Now you are cast out. Yeah, you have banished. to go be by yourself. Yeah. And that made a lot of sense to me that yeah. that is detrimental. And here's the thing. I'm like the queen of timeouts because my daughter. Well, that's the only time you get to watch TV. Oh no, I just do that all the time. Okay. No no problem there. But 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 so I so the article said start doing time ins. So for the past four days I've been doing time-ins. And so when Zuzu especially, when she acts out or has a yeah. problem or, you know, gives me gives me some of that lip, yeah. um, she has to sit down with me and read a book. Okay. Or we talk about her feelings or we go for a walk. And it's been amazing. Sure. I'm just making a note here. <laughs> Child psychologist needed for Meg. And family. The person who the person who wrote the time article was a child psychologist. He well, wrote they, the whole the whole brain child. Have apparently, you heard of that? they've never met you. <laughs> Anyways, it's been great. I and think here's it's cool. So you give him a time in. So here's the thing. I think that sometimes I find myself often underestimating my children, and so instead of yeah. discussing the issue, instead yeah. of having a conversation with them, instead of um, looking past the behavior and understanding the source, mm-hmm. I just say, "Get out of here." Yeah, like we're done. Well, right? they're a third year age. But we right. <laughs> so you already know you're smarter, faster, taller. Sure. And so yeah. I'm not going to give you the time of day. No. I'm going to give you a time out. Ooh. Ooh. So there, there's a there's a little that's, bit of a problem, right? That's a big problem. And I think I think that every kid's different. For some kids, timeout's probably the perfect thing. But yeah. I've been realizing it's not a great solution for my child. So I think teenagers. We've been yeah. talking about teenagers give today, right? Give them a time right? out. Give them a time in. I think we constantly underestimate teenagers. Constantly. I think you're right. But some would say they deserve it. Who? Who who would say, Matt? You? Aww. Riley. <laughs> Riley would say Here's that. the thing. We treat 
them like they're three-year-olds again, right? Right, and they're not. They're not. Their brains are under. You didn't hear this because you don't listen to the show. I always their brains to the are show. being reconstructed. <laughs> right. 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 Which is something that happens when you're a toddler. Mm-hmm. The synapses, right? They. You just start barely got again. done with adolescence. Stop. You're usually so upset about how much younger I am. How old are you? I'm 29. Yep, just squeaky clean. No, right out of adolescence. Here's the thing. You're new. You're a newbie. (laughs) Hey, welcome to the world. You're just so jealous of my unlined face. (laughs) James loved it. James. I got a snap. Yes. Why are you looking at my lines? That is so rude. James, don't. <laughs> Anyways, enough laughing at my own jokes. <laughs> yeah, no one else but James is. But, um, it was so good, though. Thank you, James. Mm. But so here's the thing. Yeah. When you're when you're a toddler yeah. and your brain is rewiring, mm-hmm. that's the time that you should be learning languages. That's the time that you're able to take in the most information of your life, get right? Get it in. Get it in. Teenage minds are very similar. But I think that what we do is we treat them like they're like these babies. Yeah. But and broken and, weirdos and like and like holding knives, but we can't take the knives away, so we just yeah. kind of stay away from yeah. them. And we're like, just don't throw, bring up knives on the show. Don't bring up it. knives on the show. Who who likes knives? James. James. Don't bring them up. <laughs> it makes it creates awkward Shoot. moments for all of us. But here's the thing: some of the most amazing people in history have we're, done their amazing things when they were teenagers. Let me just say one more point yeah. before you tell mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Do you know that all amazing people in history? Have been teenagers. Sure. Amazing adults have been teenagers. I love or that, adolescents. Though. That's fantastic. Right. Just a little point brought to you by the Matt Townsend <laughs> Show right here on BYU Radio. Here's the thing. Sometimes obvious things need to be said. And sometimes they don't. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> okay. I love our time together. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> so, so fun. So, so um, Mary Shelley, she, start, she wrote Frankenstein. There you go. She started writing. I'll write that down. She started writing um, in her teen years and was done by Frank, with Frankenstein by the time she had just turned 20. Okay, but That so, was a work of her teenage... Well, that was brilliant. Right. But if you're her parents... Sure. You got to be thinking... She's a freak show. Oh, her parents were crazy. Well, but you they were thinking, very she's proud She's dark. Of her. Mary's dark. <laughs> Mary's dark. But still, it's this classic with That's adult it. themes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Joan of Arc burnt at the stake by ni- by nineteen. Yeah, seriously, what had you done by nineteen? Not much. Nothing. Not much. I, cr- I cried a, a lot. A lot. But but I wish I had known yep. that we were composed of the same thing, right? Okay. I love that. I'm never going to be Joan of Arc. Nope. I hope. <laughs> I hope not. But <laughs> but yeah, you but, hope not. But we've got we've got the same materials making us up, you, right? You have the same potentiality, right? And okay, Shakespeare wrote Romeo and Juliet. They're babies in that. Yeah. But at the time it was written, nobody doubted that they could feel that immense love. Nobody mm-hmm. doubted that they could make those sacrifices. We didn't have the it paradigm. Made, it made total sense. Yep. But if we watch something that was written now, like who? Is Nicholas Sparks always writing teenage stuff? I don't know. I don't know who's writing it, but whoever's writing it, we're Let's rolling our eyes, right? Because so, <laughs> we don't believe that teenagers can feel that deeply. Right. We don't believe that they can think that expansively. We think they're. We just think they're out of control. But they're fantastic. They're, they are. They are bundles of potential. We should start telling them that. I agree. And there are so many ways that we can begin to do that. First of all, we need to start trusting them with rules. Not removing rules. We should trust them that's to good. have rules. Yeah, and trust them to even make their own rules. Exactly. They're, and that's something that you can do from a very early age on. What if they bring you a rule? Oh, we got to take a break. But what if they bring you a rule like, eh, my rule's to be ruleless. 
I want no rules. Okay, well, there's a good conversation, right? Did you know you could talk to a teenager? Tell me more about that. You can have that. conversations. Aren't we out of time? By the way, have you ever had a teenager? I, w- I was a teenager very, okay. very shortly ago. <laughs> Not that long ago. <laughs> okay, let's go to the next subject. She knows nothing about this. She knows nothing. I'm brilliant. You really are. But you, I, I love your insight. It would just be great if you had had a teenager. <laughs> anyway, when we come back, we're going to recircle the wagon, see if we can't find something that Meg could talk about. But she's up to... Bacon. Bacon. <laughs> Did you make bacon today? I did. I smell it. And some uh, lots of garlic. I've been cooking with a lot of garlic all day. Yeah, you're smelling that. Eight cloves. Wow. Yeah. That is bam. (laughs) Some garlicky bacon. (laughs) Well, it was all together. Okay. With some chicken. When we come back, you'll find out what she was cooking. Uh, It sounds like she was canning peaches. Mm. Garlic and bacon peaches. The best you could make on earth. We'll take a break. When we come back, more with Meg Conley from Meg in Progress. Right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Meg Conley's in the house. You can hear her roaring. We listen to this song a lot too. Do you? Lo- I love this song. <laughs> I love this. James is so on point today. I'm a. Uh, you're a. Um, what's her name? Who? I don't know. You're a. A Swifty. A Swifty. Sure. Yeah. I keep thinking of a Swift boat. Like the Swift boat veterans. Yeah. It's, yeah I keep thinking, it's a yeah, little bit. Like, yeah, it's a generational Vietnam. Vietnam? thing. I think. Yeah, I don't think you were. That's in why you. I think it's generational. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, uh, <laughs> so we were talking about a subject we can't go back to because Meg has no experience. Here's there. the thing, people. But you have you have an incredible philosophy. But thank you, a theory. <laughs> I love your theory. Here's the thing, though. Go for it. I would like to say right now let's that say you're it. falling let's, in let's say to the familiar trap mm-hmm. that think like where people think that teenagers are this like species apart. No. They're just people. They're people. And so we, I can speak to it because sure. we're the same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would actually well, say that I'm more teenager than adult a well, majority of my life. But it's actually more because it's like me speaking about women. Sure. Oh, it's so cute. Because we're do all that. just we're all just humans. <laughs> we're all just humans. But there's some truth to that, right? That's exactly not, true. not a lot. But there's no, some. There's, there's a, a lot. No, there is. There really is a lot. There's just, a lot. Matt, I'm just playing. I'm there's a lot. Think. There's a ton of truth to that. It's like a truth bomb. It's like yeah, when it, it just, goes off, yeah. there's just truth everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Whoa. Very loud. <laughs> That's a truth bomb right there. That's what a truth bomb sounds like. I love it. I carry those around in my back. Teach me more so, about what I should do <laughs> with my teenagers. You have your like you put your condescension cap on today, I think, I, before I came in. I didn't. I just I think, think it's so cute. So cute. But definition. No, because I'm going I, I need to know this because I'm going home right now to three adolescents. Oh, that's tiring. How many are you going home to? I'm going home to zero. Yes, my life is that good right now. No, I anyway, keep going. Really, I'm a toddler. It's not that. It's not all that. It different. is. It's the. But the theory is right on. Yes. Yay. And it's. I. I agree with it all so far. 
That's so great. I really do. Now I want to think of something you won't agree with. No, no, keep Give going. me a second. Keep going. Um, so, so trusting them with rules. You've got what does to. that mean? I think that sometimes we feel like we don't want to upset them. We don't want them to feel like we're stifling yeah. them. Teenagers deserve them. privacy. Blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah. Like, please. Right. Like, just get that out of here. That's so new age, right? <laughs> like, you get to trust them with your rules because yeah. you guys are in a partnership and the, and yes, sometimes they do get to sit down with you and decide which rules we prioritize and which ones we do mm-hmm. not. Are there some hardline ones that are just not negotiable? We're not negotiating sure, on those. Like you aren't allowed to smoke pot in my house. Great. At the kitchen That's table. A great one. Here right. are some good rules, right? Yeah. But <laughs> you're not allowed to smoke it anywhere. <laughs> sure, sure. But I'm like just yeah. saying there are some that, things that are non-negotiable. And you lay the standard down. Yes, absolutely. But then there are lots of things where there's some wiggle room. Mm-hmm. And so empower them to create their own rules. You now, can come why? to that together. But see, that seems like you're just now letting them run the show. But no, because it's a partnership. Why? Because, because- they're the ones that have to live the stupid rule. <laughs> well, no, because so you, you're going to fight them on the rule if it's not do a part too, of because you're enforcing right. it too, right? right? I well, mean, but how do you enforce a you- rule <laughs> that is really their choice? Like what they do in their room, you're not allowed to text on your phone. Sure, you're not allowed to wear such and such to school. Once they're out of your view, right? But maybe those are silly rules to begin they with, are. right? That's exactly right. Which and is so- why they have to make. They have to be a part of the process. Exactly. Exactly. So my parents were so good at involving us. There was never confusion. Like they never were trying to be my best friend. They were definitely right. the parent and I was definitely the child. But we felt the honor and empowerment of both of those Bingo. roles. Yeah. That was huge. Okay? Well, and we've heard and there they made you. Right. Yuck. They made you what you are. <laughs> so if it's anybody true. out there wants to know if this works. Right. For better or worse. Just listen to Meg. And here's, and here's the other thing. Okay. The worst thing it's that true. you can say to a teenager or, and I have found myself saying this to my five-year-old and yeah. I've had to catch myself, yeah. is it doesn't matter. Because here's the thing, whatever they're talking about right now, my five-year-old doesn't want to wear pants. She only wants to wear tights and dresses. That's James. the huge. Exact same sure. problem. James, just let Minus just the let dresses. It go. But, but don't put on the song. Don't reach for it. James. Do it. Oh. Yes. Every time. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but you need another I need line. another. I need another line. Oh, darn that movie. <laughs> yeah, dig deeper. Dig deeper. So, 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 but so I have found myself saying it doesn't matter. It's just clothes. But here's the thing. She's not really freaking out about the clothes, right? The clothes. She's freaking about, out about her need to control how she presents herself, right. her self-image. Yep. Okay, so that's what's happening with teenagers too, right? right and, yep. and with all of us, when Riley comes home and I'm bawling because I couldn't figure out how to, I don't know, open a can of mayonnaise. That happened once. A jar, not a wow, can. Wow, really? They don't can mayonnaise. A jar. I'm not really freaking out because I couldn't open the no, mayonnaise. It's not That's about ridiculous. the mayo. It's because I've been feeling powerless that You're entire stressed, day yeah. and that was like the final straw, right? Mm-hmm. And so and so, talk with them. Don't tell them that things don't matter. It all matters. Yeah. Guys, it all matters. That's great. And so that, that's a little exhausting to like to no, have but, to get, wrap your mind around well, at first. But it's no more exhausting than fighting them for three days. No, no, exactly, exactly. Just get to the real issue. Yeah, validate them as people. Have you ever read my book? I talk a lot about this in my book. <laughs> I haven't read your book. Oh, well, it's Matt. weird because I've actually raised uh, a bunch of kids in my old age. Matt, you are my sensei. You know that we, we call it getting real. Getting oh, like real that. is where we get out of the smoke yeah. and we get down to the real issue. Yeah, absolutely. The fire. I lo- the fire. <laughs> I love that. Thanks. You're so smart. It's just a metaphor I threw together in a book, I don't know, eight years ago. You should have your own radio show. 
or something. Don't know if you've heard, <laughs> but I do. I'm kind of a big. I'm kind deal. of a big deal. No big deal. <laughs> hey, um, but see, I think you're right, and but we always think that we are here to control them, to tell them that we know. Sure. And that's what, see, my fear is we think we know. Right. That's I don't want us to believe we ever know exactly what's going on with a teenager because you've never even though you've been one you've never been this one. Well, the most empowering thing my dad ever said to me was I was around sixteen and having some kind of sixteen year old meltdown. You were, were you crying? Oh, always. I know. What is I the know. deal with you? It, Cry, baby. I am. Shoot, <laughs> <laughs> start right now. You're a train wreck. But, but he said, um, he said, you know, and the, it was so so empowering. He said, I don't know the solution to this problem. He's like, at the end of the day, I'm only 24 years ahead of you. That was amazing. What a guy. He's such a guy. I love that I guy. I miss him. I do. Because what I'm afraid of is you're going to run out of stuff. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, we, we, still, we still chat. It's no big deal. I, oh, do you? Yeah. Okay, good. Because your dad passed away and I'm thinking, because right. you're only 21 or whatever. 29. Nine, 30 soon. Tw- thir- almost 30. Will you guys take me more seriously then? Doubt it. Oh. <laughs> but um, did you hear, by the way, tomorrow we're having his, uh, James is having his brain maturation party. How old are you going to be? Still 24. Oh. It but just will have hit by tomorrow. We're pretty yeah, sure it hit last yeah. week. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was a weird day. It's weird. He just collapsed <laughs> just on the happened. ground. Yeah. He was unconscious for about 38 hours. Yeah. So t- tomorrow's my day of emergence. Like an alien. Kind of. Yeah, What's yeah. emerging? Oh, don't ask questions. <laughs> we'll find but, out tomorrow. Tune in. But his girlfriend, Malele, she... That's a name. What's her name? Molly? Molly. More more of a name. She likes him this way. Oh, cute. She says he's out of this world. Oh, more alien talk. <laughs> Weird. Huh. Tomorrow, we're celebrating that. But on your birthday, when's your birthday? February 27th. Okay, yep. so February. Big three O, And I haven't had a birthday party since I was 12 years old. Really? And so I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to throw myself a birthday party. Well, we were going to throw you one, but if you're going to do it, we'll let you do it. I'll, I'll have both. I choose both. Well, let's be efficient. <laughs> the other thing with teenagers, yeah, let's go, Matt, go back to that. is start expecting things from them. Yes. Please, okay? They have great depth. There is great work that they could be doing right now. I'm so sick of us not expecting great mm-hmm. things of people until they hit like their mid 30s. Oh, yeah. Like we're trying to get our our band off That's the ground right. until we're like 28. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, like it's yeah. exhausting, okay? And yeah, if that really is what you want to do, go for right. it. But for the most part, it's an excuse. Expect I, big things. I know a 29 year old that I don't even expect anything from her. <laughs> She comes on the show, and uh, I, just I show should up. expect stuff, but yeah. I just quit expecting it That's because fair. it never seems to happen. However, if I, I bet if someone had expected something from her Ever at of me. sixteen, but there is a difference between expecting big things and pressuring pressuring yeah, you don't them, pressure them to that perform just, right. to in doing things that they're not supposed to do, couldn't do, aren't ready to do. There's a big difference. But you're, you're, it's the expectation, like you want us to to push on them, and I mean like. To suggest that they have potential. To expect and them to be the They're the going best, to be great. Yes, their best selves. And that is often something so radically it's different cool. from what you would yep. expect of yourself or even 
hope for them. Yeah. I guarantee that what has ended up being my best self in my 20s was mm-hmm. nothing like what my parents had. Oh, yeah. Had no, totally. Been. I would guarantee that. But I was pushed to be that, to be this person. And that's, that's fantastic, huge. right? Mm-hmm. So empower them to be their best selves, not the person you hope that they'll be. Don't you think, though, I see, to me, with all of these, sure. they're incredibly great points, Yay. even if you haven't raised a teenager. Yeah, I haven't. No. However, you've been one right. with, I would say, a world-class father. Yes. Like top notch. Yeah, best mom and dad in the world. Yeah, yeah. and mother. I got to get yeah, both. She's great. Because she'd filled in a lot of the gaps. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's not enough to just expect them to right. be great. It seems like you have to communicate it. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. a lot of parents expect greatness, give their kids a lot of possibility and potentiality or whatever, potential, and but they don't ever communicate it. Exactly. It's You're saying more, don't just think it. Make sure they're knowing and do it on long drives, on long walks, over the dinner table, constantly be having conversations about how excited you are Mm -hmm. that you were given them as a child. I love so exciting. Uh, Next time you'll address how to get them to take the garbage out. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've been expecting my kid to take (laughs) it out. For about two weeks. Here's the thing. My parents never figured that one out with us. But we all turned into highly functional, excited to be alive adults. So the other stuff worked huh. out. The garbage, that's like the small stuff, right? Uh, so <laughs> isn't de- that your format? I'm writing down a word here. Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> Outcomes debatable. <sighs> Sad. Meg. Now I'm crying. Great show. Thank you. Do I get to stick around? Um, actually, with the garlic smell, we're going to need you to leave. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just on my hands and clothes. <laughs> yeah. Like, once again, we'll, we're going to ask you to leave. No, you're going to stick around? Yeah. Mike Pond's in the house. Hey, Mike. Have you heard what Mike's going to talk about? Teenage moments. Mm, I have a lot of those. Yeah. Had, do you remember your worst teenage moment? Yeah, it was only like 10 years ago. <laughs> wow. Immature. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to air out this studio, get rid of that garlic smell. (laughs) And we might still hear from Meg and her worst teenage moments. And Mike Pond is going to educate us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. In the house, the garlic goddess. <gasps> I love that. I'll Gigi, that. we call her. Yeah, Gigi's cool, too. It's a good movie. Okay. You can't insult me. I know, I was trying. <laughs> Meg Conley from Meg in Progress. It's available six hours a week online. Meginprogress.com. Um Still smell the garlic smell. I'm. Re- I really do apologize. I was cooking right before I came here. Well, if you call it cooking, what? What should I call it? I guess just draping garlic over your body, <laughs> soaking. But I do appreciate. It. it brings me back to my old days on my mission when sure. uh, I took garlic pills to kill my um, the worms inside my body. That's an amazing holistic story. Does that work? Absolutely. Slick and slider gone. Ew. Did you Two really have worms? Twenty inch tapeworms. No. Yeah. You're lying. No. You have lie written all over your face. Okay. Did, did you take the time to measure them? Wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a tapeworm for crying out loud. I'm going to die. Oh, my God. There's a, write that in your journal. <laughs> Always the, measure the The, the look tapeworm. on your face when you said that. <laughs> 
classic. Anyway, Michael Pond's joining us. Uh, Mike is just barely – he's still – how old are you, Michael? 24. 24. So we should have your uh, maturation party too. Yeah, pretty soon, right? Both About of these boys, James and Mike, have found true love. Well, love-ish, right? Isn't that what we're still calling it? Love light. <laughs> love. They're calling it love. Are we? Guys, you didn't even tell me. Well, remember when we talked about love and all the different Greek meanings yeah. of love? Eros. There's a lot. Of, it's very easy yeah. to love someone. Yeah, yeah that was a yeah. while ago. I love a lot of people. I love Enchiritos. What's if that? I don't know if we're counting. We know, Matt. We know. Taco Bell. Try it out. So Mike's going to teach us um, lessons he wished he had known as a teenager. Yeah. Because we make mistakes, right? Oh, yeah. You know, I was... I did a lot of dumb things as a teenager. No. Yeah, made some mistakes. <laughs> and the thing that I wish I would have known as a teenager more is how to learn from those mistakes. Yeah. Sure. You know, and, and I think by kind of categorizing mistakes, you can put them into different categories and kind of tackle them in different ways. Yeah. Uh, so we've got our, our simple, stupid mistakes. You know, these are just you stub your toe, mm. you drop your food on the floor, just, you know, uh, these are Sean things- rolled his car. Yeah. Is that a stupid – that's a stupid mistake. Well, or is that, that, that seems more serious. Than, yeah, that that, that seems a little more preventable. I don't know. Maybe My if son the weather's just rolled bad a or... little four-wheeler thing. He did? Crushed his finger. Oh, Ow. Is he okay? He's a pianist. Uh, yeah, I know which one you're talking so about. So now he has to play with one finger elevated. Oh, man. Awkward. Yeah. He'll be fine. Jeez. Shake it off. Well, these are things that just happen. We can't, you know, there's not much that we can really learn from ourselves or from others when those happen. Just life. You know, That's just, life. Yeah, it just happens. Yeah. Then the next, I, I think, category of uh, mistakes are the simple mistakes. These are things that that are avoidable, but our um, sequence of, of decisions make them inevitable. Maybe I forget to send an email to a guest, and we don't have anybody for your yes. show. Yeah. Or you those forget are like, to pay. You get fired for those. <laughs> you forget to pay your your gas no, bill. <laughs> gas gets shut off. Get shut off. Yeah, you have a cold shower in the morning. Things like yeah. that. Sure. So, um, but see, that's kind of where life will teach you those. I yeah, mean, it just there's a system that'll eventually force you to learn that one. I- exactly, and those are ones we kind of just one time's a charm. We pick it up, move yeah. on. Uh, the next category of mistakes are the more involved mistakes. I like these ones because I can really identify w- with them. Uh, these are the mistakes we make, and we know we're making them. So, so these are Meg's mistakes. Th- yeah, these require. I excel at these. This is my favorite category. Yeah. You, you kind of these require effort to prevent. Let's say you you eat badly every day. Yeah. You know that's going to affect right. your health. You're not going to feel very good. Maybe you're going to gain some weight. You know yeah. things like that. Um, maybe you you go bankrupt because you don't know how to balance your budget well. You know? Now you are doing that. this as a teenager. Well, yeah, you know I I, I would. Do some summer jobs, and I would make like 150 yeah, your bucks. Yeah, grades. And then I would blow – yeah. If you don't go to class yeah. and then you try to take the final, you're going to get an F. Okay? Yeah. You don't know the material. But you know what? Let's say that happens to someone that we know here. You just go into the teacher Sean. and you are like, could I write a report and get extra credit? You're so nice. And I love your class. And I loved that – lecture that you gave everyone else fell asleep but i was awake and then they let you do the extra credit hold it can and I, you end up pulling I? a c in the class and everything is just fine hold so, on by the way that's the homeschooler right there <laughs> i don't know what world you're living in they don't do that in real school. life doesn't yeah, really that ha- happen I that had, way most yeah of the time. there were at least five teachers that worked with at homeschool no no I, did, I wasn't homeschooled sure <laughs> you you homeschool you're not you weren't homeschooled no oh heavens no no <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> 
Anyway, keep going. So, keep so going, those mistakes we can learn from. We can learn life lessons, right. and uh, you can grow from that a lot compared to the other mistakes. The next one, I think, is the one that we can learn the most from. And these are the more complicated mistakes, uh, the more complex mistakes. And this is when we have a really important decision we need to make. Uh, let's say it's where to live or buying a home or where to work. And you think a lot about these, and you make the decision, and then it just doesn't go your way. You know, you, you've just, just a bad, bad break. Yeah. yeah. And that can be really devastating, but... Uh, it's all about. Uh, but is that a mistake? Because yeah. you just—it was just. You, yeah. You, you just, chose wrong. Well, are you? Chose, but was there a right choice? Like, would your life have been so much better the other way? See, you don't know. See, yeah, you, we we don't know. I, so, I, let me give you a better example. Okay. Let's say you're um, making a meal, but you've got to go <laughs> get on the radio show. And I'm going to bring you, you a you clove say, of garlic. What I'm going to do is I'm going to chop. Week. 8,000 pounds of garlic. And then you, then you, not thinking, and then you come to a tiny little studio <laughs> smelling like a garlic. You're just press. hungry. Apparently. You're just hungry. You well, just want you garlic. You just waved bread. your hand in front of my face. Well, it's, it's, it's like, it's a perfume of like the gods. Like, what? Oh, gods? It smells so good. Greek ones. Oh, the Greek Definitely gods. the Greek gods. <laughs> Is this going to soak you into my clothes? Yeah, I have no. a date tonight. Is this going to like yeah. affect uh, my performance? You're going to need to shower. Yeah. Change my clothes. I don't think it'll affect your performance, though. <laughs> the GG effect. That's the second. Meg two, Zero. everyone else is zero. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I couldn't let it go, Mike. No, but I, I love your point. Good. I think your point is very good. Uh, answer me this, Michael. Where does the javelin mistake fit in? Uh, that would probably be a simple mistake. Mike used you know? to be on the track and field team here at BYU. He was really? a jab. He was a decathlete. What? Yeah. Why did I not know this? Yeah, he you used can't to, tell from my muscles. Was your mistake doing that? The javelin. He uh, had a javelin. Ja- they call it the errant javelin. Look it up in the news. Errant javelin. Did you hit someone with the javelin? Well, the, the statute of limitations is now up, so we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to. <laughs> but but that's not that's not a mistake. That's an accident. A mistake would be like. Right. Well, I mean, there is a unless, difference. Unless an hour before they're like, you don't know how to throw a javelin. He's like. Nobody yeah. needs is to know that. Is this part of the story? I saw a YouTube video. I don't know what story you guys are talking about. He, I thought I knew what I was doing. That's true. No. Yeah. Mike, <laughs> oh, Mike's sad. James, give him a But hug. Mike is in love and life is good for Mike and he's tall, dark, and handsome and now he needs a bath because he smells like Gigi garlic. You know what? It's it's delicious, okay? Meg, thanks for You're being welcome. here. You're welcome. You're welcome for me being here and for the garlic. And uh, well, the neat thing about you being here today is we're going to be able to enjoy you for the next week. <laughs> If only we could just Thank you so like, much. brush it out of our mouth. Thank but it, no, it's here forever. Why is it in your mouth? Well, because if you're a mouth breather. <laughs> Here's a quote to wrap it up, my friends. You cannot protect yourself from sadness without protecting yourself from happiness. Jonathan Thor. Thor. Hey, tomorrow, do you know what positive thinking is? You may need to rethink your position. That's what we're talking about on the show tomorrow. Positive thinking. Please send your positive vibes towards us here at the studio. May we all eradicate the smell of garlic (laughs) from our bodies. And love your teenagers. They're great. And love your teenagers. Isn't that the point? And remember, they have power. They have potential. They're influential. Well done, Meg. I appreciate you. We're out of here, folks. Thanks for joining us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back with you again tomorrow. Thanks for joining us.